Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 299 with Dylan Mullen of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, Nathan Chan here. Welcome to another podcast episode. I hope you're doing okay out there. Hope you and your family are healthy and safe. It is a crazy time right now and we're doing everything we can to help support you start or grow your business and just provide as much free content as we can and also relevant stuff. So we're speaking to tons of you know successful founders on how they're actually dealing with with this crisis and everything that's going on, how they've, I don't even even like to say the word pivot, but what they're doing and how it's impacted them and, and what you can learn from them. Um, and if anything, uh, you know, this is fresh off the bat. Like I only did this interview like a couple of weeks ago. So we're doing as much as we can to help serve you guys. Now also, um, just a quick one. You might listen to this interview and you might be super inspired by Dylan's store and you might be thinking I want to start an e-commerce business too well right now e-commerce is booming there is like an incredible opportunity at play right now because so many people are just at home online shopping the industry is booming uh you know Shopify released statistics that their traffic is daily as high as Black Friday's peak day so you know, as you will see, there's there's incredible opportunity. So if you do want to learn how to start an e-commerce store, we've got an incredible instructor of one of our courses, Greta Rose Van Reel. Now she is doing a free webinar with me. It's a live Q&A and I'm just going to pick her brain on what's working now, how to get started and everything else in between. Now, if you do want to sign up to that, go to founder.com forward slash e-commerce dash live. That's founder.com forward slash e-commerce dash live. Spots are limited. Uh, We can only have a thousand people in the room. It looks like it's going to fill up. So make sure you sign up, make sure you get there early. And uh, yeah, you might find this really, really helpful. So Dylan is the founder of a company called Happy Skin Co., And he created this company uh, really because, uh, you know, he was looking for an alternative path. He wanted to be an actor and he spent five years as an actor, but eventually um, he had this desire to take more control of his life. So him and his business partner launched Happy Skin Co. together. Now, this company has grown from zero to 20 million in just two years We talk about so much uh, influencer marketing, how to create the product, even how to validate the product, how to find out a product that will sell. Uh, Really, really incredible story. That's it for me. I'm I'm not going to ramble anymore. But if you do want to go to this live webinar with me and Greta, it's happening this Sunday, which is the 26th of April at 6 p.m. EST or 3 p.m. PST think you're going to absolutely love this all right guys just go to founder.com forward slash e-commerce live that's it from me now i'll show this episode the first question uh i ask everyone that comes on is uh how did you get your job 
my job is in my job at this business. Like, what was my path to get here? Yeah, yeah. How'd you find yourself uh, doing the work you're doing today? Yeah, it's it's actually a little bit of an interesting story. So all the way through school, I probably from like year seven or eight that early on, I always thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I guess it was just the idea of you know wearing a suit and working in the city all day. And and as a young teenage boy, kind of thinking that was the cool thing to do or that's the respectable job. Um, so all the way through school, I was I was really good. I, I was focused on business and legal and all that sort of thing and got into uni. I had early entry into that, which which was cool. Um, I was stoked. Literally got there six months in. I was done. Like maybe two weeks into the course, I was like, this is not me. I was so unhappy. I hated it. I felt like it was almost destroying my soul to be there. It just I thought that for the last like five, six years, this is what I wanted to do. And I got there and I'm like, this isn't me. I can't do this. So I deferred uni. Um, I was meant to go back the next year and just do the business side of the degree. Um, but in that six months I had off, I thought, look, I was so done with that whole experience university. I'm like, what's the opposite thing I can do to that? What's just going to be something that isn't what I should do or what I think is going to be a good job long-term? What's just going to make me have the most fun? Um, so I did, I did like, I enrolled in an acting course of all things. And I did that just for fun. And I really enjoyed that. Um, and one thing led to another. I ended up spending like four years, four or five years as an actor. So full time at an acting studio, acting college, got an agent, audition, filmed some things. Um, and it got to the point maybe like three or four years ago where I was really enjoying that. Um, but I just knew too many really great actors that, you know, 30s or 40s and still had to, to work second jobs like at a bar or as a cleaner. And I just thought, look, I, I wanted to take more control of my life. I got I got pretty close to a couple of big roles and then you wouldn't get it because you know you have the wrong hair color or you don't quite look like the dad and I just thought look I love this but for now I need to do something that I can take more control of of my own destiny um and for me that was always business and e-commerce I found like that was going to be the best path you didn't need a whole lot of upfront income to or capital to start that so I got a job in the corporate space and spent probably a year or two just like living on Instagram living on YouTube listening to podcasts building Instagram pages just for fun, just learning how it all worked. And then that was the beginning of, of me really opening my, my eyes to the world of, of business and e-commerce. And it was something I didn't even think was possible when I was at school. I didn't even know it was an option. When I thought of what's a business owner in school, it was you have a cafe or a gym or a tradie. I didn't even know about e-commerce or all the other opportunities out there. So that's kind of how I got to where I was today. It definitely wasn't a straight path. I definitely wasn't the kid that knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. Um, even though looking back, I probably had a, a lot of qualities that would be suited to, to what I'm doing now, but by no means was it a straight path. I kind of fell into this and realized I really love this. It's it's my passion. You can be creative. You can you can make things happen. You can build things. So yeah, I think I, I found it kind of just by stumbling through life and eventually the right, the right things pop up and then you, you grab onto them. So that was me. Yeah, I see. So you said you were kind of effectively getting paid to train. Um, you're working at a company, another e-commerce company, and you 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 got learnt the ropes, or? Um, well, yes and no. So I, I was working for a media company at the time, and my job was to teach small business owners, like hairdressers, tradies, things like that, how to advertise. At start, it was just the principles of advertising and marketing. We were we were partnering with like literally newspapers, radio stations, selling old school traditional stuff. But through that, I kind of learned the principles of marketing. Um, and then later on in my time at that company, I actually got got put in the, the team to, to work um, and actually start building businesses with Facebook. I only did that for a couple of months. But when I went through that time, it was, I was traveling to Chatswood. That's like two hours from where I am. So I had two hours on the train in the morning, two hours in the train in the afternoon. And I was constantly listening to podcasts on Instagram, figuring out hashtags, figuring out what's trending, what's not. So it wasn't just at that job. It was I had so much time in the mornings and the nights around that. Where I just got obsessed with with learning and education. And even when I first started, I didn't know I was going to start an e-commerce business. I was just like, okay, Instagram, this is a cool thing. I want to learn how that works. And that was probably like five years ago now. And obviously no, nothing like the level of what you did with Instagram accounts. I was growing things to like 20, 30K. And then, okay, what else can I find? What's a new niche? And I just learned that way. And, and that was it. Started listening to a lot of podcasts about e-commerce and then I realized well this is a thing so yeah so was your first business happy skin co yep yeah so when did you launch business, yeah 
We launched, um, so I actually started this business with a mate. Um, we launched in April 2018, so almost exactly two years ago now. Um, we've probably spent about nine, between nine months uh, and a year from when we had the idea for what Happy Skin Co. was going to be, or we knew we were going to be in the beauty space until we launched. And that period was just grind. Like we worked our jobs, we'd get home 7 p.m. to midnight, as many days a week as we can, three, four, five days a week. We'd work from 7 p.m. to midnight, working on the business, growing our business, putting business plans together, trying products, failing, learning, getting some things right. At some points, we're like, dude, how are we going to do this? There were so many times that there was obstacles and we're just like, you just stuck there for like a week, two weeks, and you're like, well, how are we going to get past this? And what I realized since that period, like we had two people at that time um, who both really wanted to, to get through it. We had kind of similar skill sets, but also we were good at other things. So we always found a way through. And I've seen so many people since then that come to me for advice, whether they're friends or friends of friends. And I see people hit these obstacles and they they let it completely derail their, their plan and they never follow through and never end up launching. So I think it was good at that time. We had two people working together for the launch of the business, which was good. Um, but it wasn't always easy for sure. The process to getting where we are today wasn't, wasn't easy. Yeah. So, so let's right rewind that. Um, so you, you started working on the product in 2018, April, 2018. That's or was that when you launched? That's when we launched. Yeah. So probably mid to early, um, 2017 is when we actually started working on it. Yeah. Um, and you said and there were the two mm, people. What what did you mean by that? What, you, you mean you and your business partner? Yeah, yeah. I started the business with a, with a mate. Um, so we we were together for probably the first like nine months, twelve months of the business. Um, and now he's doing his own thing. He's in e commerce again. He's like took time off. He was going to do something else, and then he ended up thinking, "Nah, look, I'm going to stick with e commerce." So he's got another really great brand uh, at the moment that he launched in hair care space at the moment. But it was two of us then, and literally the first core team of Happy Skin Co. was me, my old business partner, my little brother who still works for us doing all the orders, and his mum. Literally, like working out of the home, packing orders, <laughs> testing products. It was it was really bootstrapped from the start. Yeah, I see. So um, what was interesting to me is you guys have had in- incredible growth Um uh when 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 you we when you guys pitched us the story, it was zero to to twenty mil in two years annual revenue. Mm. That's pretty impressive, um, even for an e-commerce business. So mm. I'd love to unpack that and go a little bit deeper. But let's talk about the product. Like, how mm. did you how did you find out about the product? I've definitely seen it around. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I'm really curious what why that particular product and tell us about the yeah. product. Yeah. So. The, the whole, look, we didn't try and reinvent the wheel. We didn't try and do anything groundbreaking. We, we sat back and analyzed, okay, what's some really successful e-commerce brands that have launched over the last few years and what have they done? Obviously, look at what happened with the teeth whitening space. Again, it was previously done in like a dentist chair, had to go in, book appointment was quite expensive. Look at what happened with, with fake tan that used to be done. You know, you go to the beauty salon and that spray in one of those tents and then brands come along and it's all at home. So we thought if you can take a product or a service that's generally done in a salon or a clinic session that may be a little bit inconvenient to, to book, maybe might be a little bit costly, if you can put that into an at-home product um, and still achieve the same, if not very similar results, you're going to really position yourself with a good chance to win. And we wanted to do something that hadn't really been done before as well. So the, the way we came across this was literally it has nothing to do with our product, but we saw Literally, it was some drop shipper, some random ad, was barely written in English, and it was for some shaver that had like a little light on it. That was it. Just so you could see the hairs that you were trimming. We saw that, and we're like, hmm, what about this? Is it possible to get like a laser hair removal handset for at home? And we probably spent three months trying to create one ourselves. Like we were talking to like product engineers, and that got really weird. Like we're looking at different technologies, like burning the hairs and all this weird stuff. Until we finally found um, a manufacturer who's doing something similar um, to what we wanted. So we, we spoke to them in China, yeah, but it took a while to find that path. It wasn't clear, okay, yeah, I know where I'm going. I'm just going to look straight to a manufacturer um, there. But we got, we got a couple that were doing something similar and we told them, okay, we wouldn't be happy with what that is. We want to change a few things. And, and it was essentially like a tender process. They all sent us like their best product, their best final packaging product rates, deals, and, and, their, and their like processes who could, who could work with us if we did scale. 
Um, and we got down to one and, and we've been with them for, for years and they've been really great. We, we completely redesigned um, our brand new handset at the end of last year with them. So it's been a successful relationship. Yeah, wow. Um, so talk to me riding back. Uh, so you and your old business partner and um, sounds like some family and friends were helping early days, yeah. picking and packing and that <laughs> kind of stuff as you do. Um so you didn't have a 3PL, like you did, You just... Yeah, no, no 3PL, still don't. To this day, everything is, is sent from our warehouse in Sydney. Literally at the start, we had we, our whole first, our whole first order was 110 units of stock, right? 10 of them was to send to influencers and 100 was to sell. That was it. So we had, we had, it was actually my mate's living room. We had the stock that hadn't been sold on one side, we had the printer on the other side and in the middle was like the, like the, where we packed all the orders and did everything, right? Um, so that was it, literally 110 units. Now we've sold like well over 100,000 in like two years. So it, it went really quickly. Um, we didn't, didn't see it coming. Like we always believed this was going to be a winning product. But to think we would, we would go from like in my first year, put it this way, my whole goal for 2018 was to be able to quit my, my full-time job and work on Happy Skin Co. full-time. That was my whole goal. We probably ended up hitting like 10 million revenue in our first year. Um, we had, had to quit our jobs after two weeks. We had our first full-time staff like two months later. We had an office in a warehouse um, not long after that. So it just it just blew up. Yeah, wow. Um, talk to me about like you said that you believed in the product. You thought it was a winning product, but you didn't think it would do that well. Like, like why did you believe it was a winning product? Well, if you just look at, for the reasons I listed before, like if you can create a product that's going to give people more time or more 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 money, like convenience and affordability are massive things. And then just in our market research, which was like probably not nothing crazy, like maybe one to 200 people, um, every girl that we spoke to between the ages of 20 and 30 had, had either was currently doing laser hair removal or had done it in the past. I'm talking 95% at least had done laser hair removal before. Um, and if they hadn't done it, they either stopped because they couldn't be, they couldn't keep up with their sessions. They couldn't get the time or they couldn't be bothered. It was too expensive. Um, it was painful for some, there was just so many areas of opportunity that we thought, okay, some people are going to be loyal to their, their laser clinics. That's fine. But for a lot of people, we're going to solve a problem, um, and make it more affordable and accessible. So we knew it was going to, we knew it was going to be big. We thought it would take people time to get used to this new idea, this new concept, but literally like from the third day. The third day we launched, we had our first influencer post, and probably from then it's been it's been busy since our third day. Yeah, wow. So, um, talk to me. Yeah, like what what made it take off in even the first week, in the first couple of weeks? What did you do? Was it the ten influencers? Were you strategic with the ten that you worked with? Um, tell me about that. Yeah. So the first day. Um, no sales. I was going to bed. At, it was about 11.30 at night, just getting into bed. First day, nothing had happened yet. We're probably spending maybe like $50 to $100 on Facebook ads that day, but that was it. Just about to go to bed, I get a phone call, 11.30. It's my mate. He goes, dude, we just got our first sale. I'm like, what? That's crazy. I'm like, all right. He's like, come over. I'm like, all right, sweet. I jump out of bed, went over to his house, and he's like five minutes away. We cracked a bottle of champagne, and then we're just like, dude, see, this, this proves the concept. People are going to want this. This is a product that's going to work. We're like, this is awesome. Went across the, the road to the park across the road from his house. And we always sat out there and just talked about what's going to happen and kind of visualized it, um, what the process is going to be like, those big milestones. And like, sweet, went back to bed second day. Again, probably spending like one or $200 on ads. Um, no sales, we're like, that's all good. Like, we knew this was going to be a process. We've got to be patient, persistent. We'll, it'll pick up. The third day we had our first um, influencer. It was about 7.30 p.m. at night. Um, I was just, so I do martial arts three nights a week. I was just about to leave. He calls me. He's like, dude, he's got a second sale. I'm like, dude, no way. That's awesome. We're chatting. I can't remember what we're saying. We're just we're like little kids. Um, then we got our, another sale five minutes after that. I'm like, dude, what is going on? And then literally 30 seconds later, that little Shopify cha-ching goes off again. I'm like, that's it. I'm coming over. I'm not going to training tonight. I go over to his house. We're like cracked another bottle of champagne, obviously. Every time we get a sale, we're high-fiving, got our laptops there, we're working. And like our whole initial investment for the business was 20,000. 20, we probably made in between 7.30 and uh, midnight, we probably made like seven and a half grand. Yeah, wow. Just that quick. 
Um, so that influence sale was our first kind of strategic thinking of influences. So what it was, our first influencer was from, I think it was Bachelor in Paradise. Um, we sent one to him, not even knowing he was on the show. Um, and then by the time we posted, it had been like an extra, the time we launched because things got pushed back, it had been like an extra six weeks from when we first hit him up and he had grown like 30, 40K since then. And he still, still was cool. He was so cool about it. He's like, I'll still do it for free just for the product. He posted it and, and it worked like shit, dude. Like this is awesome. So I literally hit up every single person I could on that show. Um, they were like, yeah, we'll do it for this, we'll do it for this. And we just work with probably like anyone who would accept, anyone who would say yes, we work with everyone. And at that point, because it was such a new product, if we were to put our product in front of people, it was always the first time they've seen it. So we were making a lot more money back than we were paying them. So that allowed us to, whatever money we got, we put all of the money into stock. So like we, we ordered 110 and then we saved all our money, ordered 200, then 500, then then 1,000. And it just kept going from that. We didn't take a dollar out of the business for like the first six months. And when we did quit our jobs, we like put budgets together. and like, okay, what's the minimum we can pay ourselves just to get by? It was like, five, 600 bucks a week. And we just wanted to make sure we could finally catch up and get ahead. We're actually behind in the orders for like the first three or four months. Like there was just that much demand coming through. We we're sending like sorry cards and little gifts to our customers saying, look, it's coming. It'll be an extra week. Thank you for your support. Um, it took us, yeah, probably three or four months to finally catch up in stock and, and be ahead rather than chasing. Yeah, no, interesting. Um, and I think that's smart. You're just reinvesting for growth, and now now you just keep on building, 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 building. So, um, one thing that you told me, which I thought was interesting, was you said when it comes to market research, you only spoke to a hundred to two hundred people. Why did you do that? And how did you reach out to them? How did you find them? What kind of questions were you asking them? Um, tell me about that. Yeah. Well. I was a little bit obsessive. Everyone that we both spoke to that we knew or friends of friends or met at a party or we stopped in the shopping center and they had a friend with them. I just asked, what's your experience with laser hair removal like? It was just that. It was just in person. And then we did a couple legit. This is super basic things. Survey monkeys did them, boosted them, got as many people as we could to fill out those forms. But like that was important to, to a degree, but also like I just trusted my gut at that time. I just knew it was, I knew it would work. I, I trusted that it's, as long as it was, effective that was the first thing once we got it got the product once we we went through all the the legal things and operational things and made sure that was all good next step was okay if this works it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna take off eventually it's if we just need it to work and it worked tested it with a bunch of people before we launched and like literally did it the first week didn't really see much of a difference literally from the second week i was like well you can see it we didn't, we didn't, they didn't tell us straight away. They wanted to do it for a few weeks until they came back with their results. And I saw the results after like the first four weeks and they took photos every time. And I was just like, dude, this is gonna, this is gonna be big. So there was a lot of work involved and, and that was our kind of research. But even if we didn't do it, I, I probably would have trusted my gut and, and, and gone with it. Mm, so that's awesome, man. So look, um, we're actually doing this interview. We were supposed to do it in uh, in Melbourne. You're supposed to. Uh, we we're supposed to do it in the studio, was, and uh, yeah, we're really excited. And unfortunately, um, yeah, look, it's it's a crazy time right now. And uh, yeah, anybody listening or watching, I hope you're staying safe and your family's okay and um, you're doing okay. So uh, yeah, basically, we're in lockdown right now. It's March 26th uh, Australia time. So. Um, I'd love to know, like, how is everything going in these past couple of weeks? Like, have you really been affected from, uh, you know, everything that's happened with the COVID-19 virus? Like, has sales been affected? And, and I'd love to talk about what you're doing now. And like, yeah, like mm -hmm. you, you talked about your marketing principles. I'd love to hear about that as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing, the first way it impacted us was more of like, we're, we're still a small team. We have like 10 people at work here. Um, the first thing, like operationally that affected us. We are just like, whoever doesn't need to be here, let's get them working from home. So it's literally me, our operations coordinator, and one and one guy downstairs doing all the orders every day. That's it. Everyone else, our marketing team, uh, our finance manager, everyone that doesn't need to be here is working from home. So that was the first thing. And then maybe two weeks ago, we had a weekend. I think the, the, the coronavirus just started to get really, get some more attention. It started to become a real thing in Australia. And we had a, a really quiet period of about three days, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're like, okay, it is going to start to affect us. 
But weirdly enough, I think it's because, look, we are an at-home product. We are that solution that you can use at home. Obviously, the clinics and salons are all shut in Australia indefinitely. The last couple of weeks have actually been really like stronger than usual for us. We've had a lot of people who are reaching out with questions um, that are coming from a market that that we that may not have been interested before. So we're actually doing okay. Again, we're just making sure. Again, things change so quickly with the, the situation right now. Um, we're just making sure we can do everything we can to support our customers, to support people with questions, and even people that aren't our customers if they have any and they just need a chat whatever it is, we're, we're here to do the best we can. We're very grateful that when we, we don't have a business that's completely blown to pieces from this. So we're very grateful of that and we want to try and give back the best way we can. But at the moment, we're okay in terms of numbers because we, we are that product people use at home. Um, so we're just going to keep focusing on on hopefully adding value and, and bringing things into to people's life that can make just that little difference. So, you know. You know, thank you for sharing because um, – I know for, for many people listening right now, uh, a lot of our audience are just about to launch something or they've, um, they're early stage in their journey and they might be being affected or they're thinking about launching something. What would, what would your take be there? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because I've got some friends, a friend that literally on Monday launched his e-commerce site um, doing like mail, like hairstyling products. And, and I said, look, dude, just, I wouldn't invest too hard. It's, it's it's difficult. Like you don't want to tell people just to wait six months. They've been they've been eager to launch. I've actually got another another project that I'm working on with a business partner um, that I was meant to launch in the next two to three months, which may get pushed back to a late August, early September. So I think you just have to play play the market how it goes. You can you can always try. Again, no one's been through this before. It's certainly the first time me as an entrepreneur has ever been through any sort of financial crisis. So I don't want to act like I've got all the answers for people. I just say do your best, try, but be prepared to, to scale back and, and just manage what you can. That's it, really. It's a difficult situation, yeah. It, yeah, it really depends the industry because there's some somewhere, like you said, it's perhaps opportunity, but then there's others where, yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a terrible time, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Okay. Look, thank you for sharing, man. So let's talk about, you said, you said something interesting, how you learned um, some core marketing principles or basic marketing principles uh, in your early days. What are they? Oh, look, these are, these are super different, like super simple things. Like this is just the first time I'd ever been, um, I'd ever been like put in, in, in the marketing mind frame. Like I never thought I was going to be a marketer or an entrepreneur. Things just like repetition builds brands. Something as simple as that, like, okay, if I'm going to put, and not in the paper once and it doesn't work, I'm never going to do it again. It's like no repetition brand. You need to be there consistently in front of your customer's face. They're not going to purchase necessarily the first time they see it. Things like that. Things like if you put out an ad and you've got all every single value prop you want to say and there's so much text and you think that's it, that's the perfect ad, I've said everything I want to say, that's probably not the best ad to do. If you can put an ad out and it's just relying on a few key emotional elements um, and you and you think maybe it doesn't say enough, that's probably the ad that's the best one to go with. If it makes you feel uncomfortable and a little bit nervous, potentially that is the best one. Just super basic things like that. It's the first time I'd, I'd ever been in that marketing mind mind space. So, yeah. And what has been more powerful for you? Uh, I, I assume the biggest channels for you would probably be a combination of influencer marketing, Facebook ads, PPC, and also email marketing. Would that be correct? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, in what um, order? Yeah, so in the early days, it, it was influencers for sure was the biggest thing. Um, we we went through in the, probably the first twelve months of our business, we went really, really, really hard on influence marketing. Um, we worked with as many really great influencers as we could. Um, again, at the start, you start a business, and this is one piece of advice for people that are starting out. I see people send me a message that say, "Hey, man, like I'm struggling to get to get influencers to buy in or to work with me." Um, I've, I've sent like 10, 20 DMs and no one's replied. I'm like, dude, at the start, we had to send 100 DMs to get like three, four replies. So now it's a lot easier to get replies once you build a bit of a brand. But at the start, it was just pure numbers game. Hustle as much as you can. At the start, we're literally working with anyone who, look, if they had the right demographics for us and they weren't a bad person, we, we would work with them. We just wanted to get our product in, in front of as many faces as we could in our core markets, which was Australia and the US. And that was it. Since we grew... Um, we're a lot more selective with the influencers we work with. We want to make sure they are the right fit for our brands. And um, the, the moment it switched over from influencers being our main 
um, source of source of sales to Facebook ads, which it has been for like the last year and a half, was probably our first Black Friday. So Black Friday 2018, that was the day our business kind of changed forever in terms of our numbers. So we were probably spending a couple thousand a day on ads before that. We'd never really pushed past that. It was a nice little buffer. We always had you know, 20, uh, 30, 40 sales per day. We were super stoked with that. Then we'd have influencers come in and we'd see these big spikes, right? That was kind of how we ran until we first really figured out Facebook ads. Um, and the first time we tried to push budget, build up a build up for the weeks leading up to that, um, a lot of view theories, a lot of website visits so we could retarget them. And then since then, like for that, for that week and a half there, we're probably spending five times our usual budgets. And then since then, we kind of learned how to scale Facebook ads and, and how to, 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 to grow. And we've never been the same since that day. So since then, Facebook has definitely been the biggest driver of sales for us. Um, influencers now play more of a brand role. So we use them for our branding, making sure we're partnering with the right people um, the right amount of times. We don't need to work with everyone every week anymore. Um, and then, yeah, of course, like email and PPC fall through the back of that um, to do as much as we can through those channels. Yeah, I see. Makes sense. So what kind of ROAS uh, do you guys look for at, at what kind of scale are we talking? Yeah, well, look, I've, I've, I've chatted to a lot of friends and there's a lot of different business models. Like I know some businesses that might be in fast fashion that need like a 10 to a 15 ROAS to be profitable because of their margins. We're, we're a lot lower than that. We can kind of cruise well below that point i won't i won't give out our exact uh ROAS, but as long as we're as long as we're bringing back more than we're bringing in then then we're then we're usually fine um we we don't have to go too aggressive um we just like to to see sustainable numbers so obviously that first nine months of that hyper growth you're doubling your numbers every single month and now that we're more of a mature business we find growth in other areas and we just try and try and make sure we're building slowly and, and holding the markets that that we are at the moment and a big big part of our next phase of growth is actually going to be those new products that we launch yeah i was just about to ask about that more skews mm-hmm. um you know yeah. raising raising ltv and also average order value but um sure. before we move to that i'd love to talk mm-hmm. about you know there's a lot of gurus out there that talk about facebook ads and how easy it is and and, you know, all, all these agencies and it's very difficult to know who to trust or do you do it yourself. Love to get your take on that, mate, because there's a lot of people that might have a brand and they think that, you know, or they've got that belief that, you know, Facebook ads is my cure and that's going to solve all my problems. And then you just burn cash, man. Like, seriously. Mm. Um, and, I, and I know you, you obviously know what I'm talking about, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, and that's another thing, like there's so many gurus out there and it's funny at the start, you kind of open to them. Like you get that DM or that email, you're like, oh, maybe they can deliver what they're saying. And like, there's so many people that over promise and just can never deliver on anything close to that. So we learned that pretty quickly. We, we almost do everything ourselves. Um, since we've got to this point, we, we do sometimes partner with some like media buy agencies that, that support us in that form because they're almost a full-time job with a full team on them ourselves. But everything core to our marketing strategy comes from in-house. Um, yeah, just I'd just be careful. I would definitely not as well. One thing I see people, hey, I'm just starting a business. Um, who, what's a really good Facebook ad agency? Who should I go with? The one thing I would say is, Fair enough. If you don't want to do your Facebook ads long term, you can go to an agency, but don't go to an agency until you've learned how to get your ads profitable yourself, even at a smaller scale. Don't go there and have no answers or no idea what to do. Get to the point where you can profitably spend on Facebook ads to a certain point and then say, okay, I understand that enough now. I know what works for us. Let me take it to an expert who can take us to the next level. But like you said, going and just here's here's my money, random stranger who said I can do all these things for you. Definitely don't do that because you need to be able to keep them accountable. And there are a lot of people that just can't can't deliver what they say. I'm sure you know about that a lot more than me as well. But um, just, just be careful. Be smart with your money in the early days. Your your marketing budget is crucial in that first six to twelve months. Like it's it's critical. So mm. yeah, no, I agree. Like I think you still just need to understand the basics of Facebook yeah. ads, even if you don't do the media buying. Like I'm not mm. a media buyer by trade, but I understand it enough to work with media buyers. Like, and I know my numbers. Like, what is what 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 kind of rowers are we going to look for so we can be profitable? 
or if yeah. we're not going to be profitable, okay, how do we how do we break even on the front? And then what does it look like on the back end? Like just knowing those mm-hmm. unit economics and and you know knowing what like lookalikes audiences are and like retargeting mm-hmm. and all that side of things. Um, and really being able to hold your media buyer accountable. What what angles are working? What creatives working? What creative yeah. do you need? Like, how much do you need? How what copy do you need? Like, that stuff I think is so important. Um, even if you don't do it yourself, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure, hundred percent. I'm with you on that because uh, particularly as well. Like me, I'm much more of like an energetic, creative person. I love talking about content or strategy or growth. But I'm not the type of person who can sit in front of an ads manager all day and push and pull this and work into that. So understanding, like understanding it is crucial. Um, you don't have to be the person that executes the nitty-gritty every day. Understand a basic amount and like we said, be able to to drive strategy or talk strategy, what's working, what's not working, so you can keep people accountable. That's the basic level that you need for sure. Yeah, I agree. So um, it sounds like though in the early days you've 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 done the media buying or you've used agencies. No, in the early days we did it all ourselves. Yeah, probably for almost the first year we did everything ourselves. Since yeah, yeah, that's that's the way I think to go. I think sometimes people find it intimidating and they want to outsource it. Same with Instagram growth as well. And like mm-hmm. I would never get anybody externally to, to work on that kind of stuff. Just just me personally from my experience. Yeah. You're the same, right? Yeah. Like you didn't use yeah. an agency for that, right? No, never. Never. Even influencer like anything that like anything you can control, like you should control. You might not have the skills to be a meter by this, but don't give away the keys to your Ferrari to, to someone else. Because if, even if they do achieve great results, what does that give you? Like you don't know what happened, how they did it. So I'm hundred percent with you with things like that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So so you've got the one product that does very, very well. Have you added any complementary products or any other flagship products in the past couple of years since inception? Um, so in October last year, we launched uh, a Gen 2 version of our handset. So that's the only thing we've launched since then. So our product development process, given that it's a, what the product is, it's an IPL laser hair removal handset. There's a lot that goes into one of them. You can't design one and get it to market in a month or two months. So there was almost a year behind the scenes of working at, in that. And and we're kind of the same attitude. We there's been we've probably had 10, 10 products behind the scenes that we could have launched in the last two years. Um, some that would have been potentially other flagship products. Some that would have been really great for LTV. Um, but it just got to the point where, as heartbreaking as it is, you put months and months into a product and you just can't get it to the point or something you'd be proud to sell um, and we've just we've not done it so we're actually really close now this year is a big year for product launches for us some will be will be good for LTV and and another thing that we just want to focus on so all our products we're very picky with what we want to launch we just want to make sure everything we do can help you know help people feel good about themselves from their own home same principles as what we did for the handset making things more affordable more accessible um, anything we can do in that space we'll do it might not necessarily be um in the hair removal space, we're, we're probably going to step outside of that soon because I'll tell you one thing, like, and this is something you don't realize when you first start, starting with the product that we did, like an IPL handset was definitely not the, the easiest product to launch with. But that being said, we went through a lot of difficult things and we know a lot about skin. We know a lot about technology and beauty. So we've we've not started with something simple. We've started with one of the more complicated products. And so what that's given us is, is a really good understanding of what works for certain skin types, what doesn't. Uh, and how to engineer technology to get the best results and what is a good product and what's not a good product. Because on the, on the other side of there's going to be people that, that pitch you really great marketing agencies, they're going to be manufacturers who really want to partner with you and say, oh, this product does this, this product does this, and you just have to test it before you launch it. And again, same thing, there's a lot that don't, that don't do what they say they're going to do. So, mm. Mm. So it sounds like you are working on new products, complementary and also flagships. Both, yes, correct, yeah. In in the skin space, right? Because in you've the got the brand space, Happy yeah. Skin Co. So you might have yeah. a new product that's a flagship that solves another problem, not exactly around your skin, but not hair removal. Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's what we feel we understand. Um, that's the space we feel comfortable operating in, um, and that's the way we're going to go. Yeah. So, um, being a pretty much a single brand product. Uh, getting it to you know sub twenty mil annually that's that's pretty that's pretty great focus um, 
how do you know when to move on to the next product? Because I see some e-commerce store owners where they've simply actually got too many and it's just it's just more SKUs, more headaches, more things you've got to send to different 3PLs, more costs, more stock on hand. It, it, it makes things more capital intensive. It, it's just much easier if you start with just one product, right, and just really focus and yeah, get it to, you know, even past sure. sub one mil, yeah? That was always the plan. That was always the plan. And to be fair, we've we definitely had planned to to release more products. Like we're almost two years in and we still haven't. We've obviously done the Gen 2, which was a, a complete upgrade on everything we possibly could. Um, and that was a big project. Um, but we always knew we we're going to build a brand around one product. Um, it's going to be easiest to manage. It's going to be the least capital that's needed up front. And also you're not confusing the market at the start. If you can become famous for, for, for one thing, it's going to be a lot easier to get that brand resonance. Um, you people are going to remember who you are and, and what you stand for. And then you can add things into it. But I wouldn't add a massive product line to launch. It's going to be too difficult to manage. No one's going to really know what, who are these guys? What are they about? It doesn't make sense to me. So I always recommend starting with no more than three products uh, at the start. If, even if it's one really one product you're really confident, I definitely know that's what we did. That's what I'm sure like the, the teeth whitening guys have done. You can launch a, a successful business off one product and that's actually what I would recommend. Mm, I see. Yeah, I agree. And talk to me around copycats. Um, yeah. you've got some traction now, so I'm sure you're seeing people and even like, perhaps, I don't know what you did there, but sometimes these manufacturers, they supply to copycats as well. If you don't have any exclusivity, uh, like arrangements and stuff. So tell me about that. Yeah. Well, that's something we know all too well about. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's been a big. It's been a big part of our first two years. Um, it's actually, funnily enough, the first six months there was none of it, right? Because everyone was so far behind. From about six months to eighteen months, it was crazy. So there was a year in the middle where everyone was trying to launch whatever they could to try and copy us. People would blatantly rip off our content, our design, everything. Um, that was really crazy for about a year because, like I said, that first product we we added to it and changed it, but we didn't create it from scratch. So we didn't own any IP around that. So there was a lot of competitors, like competing manufacturers as well, that could access their molds and, and, and do that. So there was a lot of that going around, but that's why we, we, we knew that was going to happen. We probably didn't know it was going to happen as, as aggressively as it did. Um, that's why we, we almost, as soon as we could, started working on a product that was our own, that was bespoke, that was created by us. We owned every single bit of IP. Um, and over the last six months, we've actually come out the other end of that because like a lot of people are probably seeing, they might've seen an article on us and thought, oh, wow, they, they made how much money? I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Or they saw what happened with teeth whitening and like, man, I really wish I did a teeth whitening business. And I saw that they're kind of waiting for that next big product category to come around and everyone who ever thought of doing a, a drop shipping business kind of jumped onto it. Um, and then it just isn't as easy as it looks from the outside. So now there's probably only a few competitors that are that are left from at one point and we had like over a hundred on the list and several of them ripping our content and stuff. And I actually had a brief chat to like um, the high smile guys at, at an event down in Melbourne and obviously they'd gone through the same thing and, and, and their advice was something that I learned the hard way myself is just you got to as hard as it is not put too much attention onto it because it does take away your focus on what you're doing and and that was the best advice ever. Again, I, I'd kind of figured that figured it out myself by then. But look, you do you can, you do the minimum, like you you obviously put your takedowns in, you have someone monitor that that space, but don't let it overcome you and your thoughts and don't let it get you too frustrated or too angry because there's nothing you can really do about it. That's always gonna happen. And if anything, it's flattering to know so many people are trying to copy what you've done. Yeah, I agree. Um it is difficult, and so that sounds like that's why you launched your your next gen version, right? And now you yeah. don't sell the original anymore. Um, look, we still have that on at the moment. Um, the reason we have that on is because look, our our new product it's it's definitely the premium product. So we have the old one that we still sell, which is actually a hundred dollars cheaper than the new one. So we wanted to to keep that one in. Um, it's at a much lower price, just for anyone who who wants to go for that lower price point or can't maybe doesn't want to spend that much money on, on, on hair removal. So we still have that there um, as, as the, the baseline product that still it's got 
more like thousands and thousands and thousands of happy customers on that one. It does the job. It's really good. Um, but this one was just the upgraded next model. Um, so we still have both and, and we wanted to keep that in so people could still access it if, if they didn't want to go up to that $300 price point. Yeah, no, that's all good. That makes sense. Um, so talk to me around, like, you've had a dream run, to be honest. Like, uh, yeah, that kind of growth is uncommon and rare, um, and it's really impressive. Um, so talk to me, like, people watching this or listening might right, might be thinking, oh, geez, he makes it sound so easy, right? Um, tell me what hasn't worked. Tell me what uh, hasn't worked and kind of the sacrifices you've had to make to get where you are today because – yeah, that kind of growth, yeah, not not uh, definitely common. Yeah, in terms of sacrifices, um, to me it doesn't feel like a sacrifice because this is truly what I want to be doing. But, like, my schedule is pretty tight. Like, I don't have any leisure time weekdays um, and maybe I'll get half a day to see my mates or hang out on a weekend. So leisure is one thing that definitely doesn't get a whole lot of time. But that's fine to me because I get true enjoyment and fulfillment because I know I'm building myself and I'm building my future. Um, I'm just obsessed with the journey I'm on and where I want to go. So it actually doesn't feel like I'm sacrificing anything. And then one thing that I don't even really think about but my friends like to joke about is like probably relationships and dating. Like I'm not even like I'm just so focused on where I want to go that if like if you want to be super successful, as you know, like there's got to be an element of of obsession to, to what you're doing. Um, and I feel like that's the sacrifice you have to make because this, even for me, I'm, I'm a very motivated person, but there's times I, I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, I just, just want to go to bed. It's like, it's like 10 30. I've been working since 8 a.m. I just want to go to bed. Like, it's almost too hard. And you just have to think about in those moments what, what you're doing it for and, and, and why you're on this journey. Um, because there will be a lot of sacrifices. And like you said, it's not always easy. We've had as many things fail and go wrong as we have go right for us you just no one sees behind the behind the screens the the failed ads that just tanked the content that was horrible the late nights trying to figure out problems um no one sees that everyone kind of sees what's on instagram or this newspaper article or, or whatever um but you have to be prepared for a lot of really long nights um and you just you'll get through it if if you're if you're just listening to the market and always adjusting but there's it's just it's it's a full-time job like one one quote that that I I heard um, from one of my mentors is that like when you're a when you're a business owner like you're you're really a firefighter because every day you're overcoming problems and that's what, the bigger you get the more problems you have um, and that's something you got to be prepared for. Yeah, hundred ten percent. Okay, awesome. Well, look, uh, we'll work towards wrapping up, man. Um, this was a great interview, a lot of gold shared. I appreciate just your openness, honesty, and, uh, yeah, just really laying it out, like your whole journey. You've had an incredible uh, journey thus far, and I, I know it's just the beginning for you, man. So um, where, like, two more questions. Uh, one, mm-hmm. what, what, what parting words of wisdom would you like to share for anyone watching or listening uh, mm-hmm. that either want to start a business or they're just about to launch something or have been doing it for a while in the e-com space? Um, what what advice, you know, top three pieces you would give? And then uh, where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and your work? Yeah. Um, so the, the biggest thing that we haven't really spoken about um, today, but I, I, I truly think it's my secret weapon. It's it's what makes me me. It, what I truly think a lot of the success is off the back of this. Um, and that's like, it's two things. It's self-belief, but like true self-belief in yourself, in the process, in the universe, in God, whatever you want to call it. Set your goals and, and you need to truly believe that you can achieve them. And, and once I started that, once I figured that out, it changed my life. Like now I'm not anxious if, if the numbers go down for a week or if there's problems in my business because I have so much trust in, in myself and the process and where I'm going that it takes all that pressure off you. Um, one of the biggest things, the biggest tools I use every single day, it's been a part of my life for, for probably 10, 15 years and I didn't know it um, until the last couple of years I, I learned about it consciously, not just subconsciously, and that's visualization. Um, and I used to think back to that journey we had in those like nine months building the business before we launched. And some of the, 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 the clearest memories I have of that process was me and my mate at that park across the road from his house talking about what we were going to achieve, those certain moments and milestones. And I was I was seeing it in my head and I was living it. 
And I was chatting to an, another friend um, who I'm working on another business with, and he mentioned, I, I explained that to him and I tried to give that advice of, of how I've got here. And uh, there's this series called, I think, Rewired by Joe Dispenza, and he talks about when you're doing your visualization, one thing that's really going to make it so much more powerful is actually attaching the emotion to it. So it's like when I was thinking about these happy things, I wasn't just thinking them. Like I was overcome with joy. Like sometimes there's tears coming out of my eyes. Like I truly like it's a full body experience, me me living that. Um, and that's the biggest thing I want to leave people with. I feel like if you want to be successful in business, there's a thousand gurus and a lot of them don't know what they're talking about, but a lot of them do. You can find information, whether it's on Founder, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's podcasts, whatever it is, there's information out there. But if you start with building that mindset and that self-belief, everything will build on top of that. That's That's the biggest thing. Particularly, I know it's going to be difficult for a lot of people in, in times like this, um, but a lot of people are going to have time at home now. So it's a good time to, to look inside and reflect and, and, and build yourself, whether it's education, whether it's starting to meditate, whether it's letting go of negative thoughts. Um, I feel like you need to start with yourself um, and then everything else can, can build upon that. That's, that's my main message. That's my main thing I want to leave people with. Oh, amazing. Thank you, man. And um Where's the best place people can find out more about yeah. yourself and your uh, at work? At the moment, yeah, yeah. So um, just on Instagram at the moment, uh, Dylan at Dylan Mullen, website's coming, podcast is coming, all those sorts of lovely things. Um, I probably have to get better at taking my own advice sometimes. I should have been on these things a lot a lot quicker, um, but I'm by no means perfect. So, yeah, at the moment, everything will be will be on, on my Instagram at Dylan Mullen. So anyone has any questions, again, I, I'm – I'm totally open to you asking whether it's about influencer marketing, mindset, whatever. Click me a message and um, I'll get back to you guys as soon as I can. So, mm. Awesome. And uh, Happy Skin Co? Yeah, um, that's everything. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at Happy Skin Co. Our website is happyskinco.com. Pretty simple. Um, you'll be able, you should be able to find us. Awesome. Well, look, um, thank you so much for your time, Dylan. This is an awesome interview. And, uh, yeah, congratulations on all your success thus far, man. Thank you. Founders, entrepreneurs, influencers, disruptors. We feature hundreds of in-depth case studies with the greatest business minds of our current generation. Building a business is hard. The founder mission is to help you create an ass-kicking business and help you learn straight from the mouths of world-class founders. Get your free printed edition of Founder Magazine featuring Sir Richard Branson. Just cover shipping and handling at founder.com forward slash Branson. That's F-O-U-N-D-R dot com forward slash Branson.